on the path of practice, inner practice, cultivation, meditation, whatever it is you, you're, you're working on, whatever path it is you're following, it's inevitable that you're going to come to realizations about yourself. So I don't even mean, you know, in a great profound way, you know, the, you start to deconstruct and realize the transient nature of this thing that we identify as self. I mean something far simpler. I mean, you're going to come to realizations about the way that you are, certain characteristics that you might have, certain ways that you behave, certain emotional qualities, certain ethical qualities. You know, I mean, this might sound vague, but we can all describe other people, right? We can all describe ourselves. Uh, you know, maybe we could say this person is kind, this person is confident, this person is sociable, this person is antisociable, this person is arrogant, this person is mean, this person is dependent, you know, these kind of things, these kind of words, it's very easy for us to uh, label or generalize about somebody, isn't it, you know, and you can kind of categorize people you know according to these different kinds of qualities, and one may all pretend that we're too high-minded to do such things and judge people in this way, of course we all do, we all, our brain will make these reactive snap judgments about people. And then, of course, sometimes that's wrong. And then the more you get to know someone, you might find, oh, this person is very different from what I thought originally. Maybe you connect with them a lot more because their outer presented visage is a little different from who they are on the inside. Or perhaps you like them a little bit less because as you get to know them, you find you actually preferred the projected persona rather than the actual persona. You know, these kind of processes go on all the time, as I'm sure, I'm sure you're aware, you know, because... You live a life and you meet people and you have these interactions so you have direct experience of this yourself now of course if you were to list every descriptive word that we have about other people or ourselves it doesn't matter every descriptive word about characteristics that human beings can have there's a lot of them <laughs> it's a wide one and of course a person is not just one thing they are not just confident they are not just vulnerable though we have all sorts of different layers of complexity we all do so part of uh, the cultivation process, especially within the looking, you know, if you're going to become very introspective through what you do um, and contemplative, which is a vital part of the process, you know, you can't just do practice, can't just meditate, can't just do qigong, can't just do yoga. You have to contemplate at the same time, you know. The contemplation mustn't become all you do, you know, but it must be a, a, a sort of thing that sits alongside your, your practice. You don't want to blindly practice with no self-contemplation uh, because ultimately that's not going to give you insight into who you are, you know, you have to combine the two. So the more you apply this kind of contemplation and, and developing insight into who you are, of course you're going to come across characteristics in yourself, you're going to find things out about yourself. Now it's funny, isn't it, that the majority of the things you find out about yourself, you know, I am this, I am that, I am confident, I am shy, I am insecure, I am angry, I am bitter, I am uh, materialistic or, or whatever, or I, I'm, I'm humorous or whatever it is you find, you know, like all of these, these various things that come up. Of course, you find them in the context of two things. You find them in the context of how is that quality changing your behavior? That's the first thing, isn't it? It's not like you're ever going to decide that you're really, I don't know, whatever, insecure. And then you just decide that as an sort of isolated concept. I don't sit there and go, all right, yeah, I'm insecure. I must have known why I'm insecure. It must be in the context of something that I'm doing, 
something that is happening in my life maybe more than once is happening over and over again I'm insecure because this pattern of behavior arises in me I'm insecure because this pattern of thinking arises in me I'm insecure because when other people talk to me this happens to me or something you know there's there's always a context that it's placed within you know so really we could say that we understand our character is according to the way that we react to or generate events or occurrences within our life or within our thought processes. So that's the first thing. That's the first context we have. Second context is uh, to do with other people. Because generally, if you look at the majority of the qualities you find about yourself, they normally involve somebody else. So normally it's how are you interacting with someone else? So I am an honest person. I am a dishonest person. Maybe I'm always lying. Maybe I'm always critical maybe i'm always arrogant maybe i'm always judgmental or something like this you know these and if you look at kind of how you understand those qualities often it's in context of other people it's to do with your interactions and it's quite funny that the majority of uh, things that we find out about ourselves and indeed in my experience that the majority of the ways we know about ourselves is through our interactions it's like people around us are mirrors you know it's it's a known concept isn't it within the kind of alternative scene that we often project onto others and we reflect back from others and we distort reflections from others and we we seek out things that we lack in ourselves from others and maybe sometimes we seek out things that we have within ourselves and others and maybe we dislike we're critical of things we see in other people because they're reflecting that quality back to us that we have within ourselves you know there's all of these kind of dynamics taking place but but ultimately it doesn't matter because really what's happening is through the interactions and through the context of your behavior you're coming to these little understandings you know now part of the reason that this happens through inner looking turning the light around or practicing meditation or yoga or qigong or whatever you know it doesn't matter maybe you've got a really one of those really obscure practices I've, I've never heard of but there's many things out there people can do but a part of the reason is because you look inside and you start to become aware of certain things and I would say that those things are your reactions that's really what they are because essentially your reactions to things are going to be dependent upon your qualities upon your character traits so something happens to you from the outside and you automatically just react so if someone is living a very let's say an unconscious life I don't mean unconscious like in a coma but just not aware of what they're doing just kind of running on autopilot as we all have done at various stages in our life, perhaps we're stressed, perhaps we're busy, perhaps we don't have time to look inside, perhaps it's too painful to look inside, or, or perhaps we're just naturally not introspective people at that phase in our life, you know, and we can just live unconsciously, going from event to event to event, happening to a happening, just reacting to everything all of the time. And we're not even aware necessarily of, of why we do it, you know, we're not aware of the insecurity that's causing that response, we're not aware of the anger that's causing that response, we're not aware of the confidence, the jealousy, or whatever it is that's causing this kind of reaction within us. But then when we look inside, of course, we start to find them. We start to see, oh, okay, a little bit of understanding is developed. And these patterns that we find give us a greater insight to the qualities that make up ourselves. Now, ultimately, the highest spiritual ideal, I suppose, would be able to perceive this process from a place of pure awareness, pure being, uh, so much so that the kind of fabrications, the illusions of that sense of self break down. But of, but of course, that's difficult to do on a second-to-second -second basis, and, and it's unrealistic to think this is the only way. Because, of course, there is also 
kind of external fabricated changes we can make to the nature of self. So for example, maybe you decide you're a very envious person. Maybe this is a quality that's very strong in you and you're, you're having difficulty with the people in your life doing better than you or something is generating that feeling of envy and maybe that feeling of envy is causing you to kind of try to knock them down a peg or, or two so you end up becoming very critical of them or, or something like this you know and if you start to spot that then of course we can have behavioral changes that we make so we might decide so if, if we stick with that example I'm very envious so it causes me to say mean things about people well okay I, I won't say those mean things about people so what I start to do is I catch myself before that reactive character trait produces that response so then I stop that response and then after a while once I stop that response that brings greater awareness to the character trait so I can start to do something about it and that might sound obvious but it's easy to miss you know it's easy to miss and I think that sometimes there's a problem that sometimes you'll spot these character traits within yourself and you'll just kind of go oh that's who I am or maybe you'll even, I've seen people turn a negative character trait into something that they kind of build a defense mechanism around. So maybe, maybe they're very um, competitive or something like this, you know, in, a, in an, unhealthful, uh, an unhealthy fashion. And then they spot this and then they'll be like, oh, but that's okay. I, I, I'm okay being competitive because this is who I am. And actually, this is a strength of mine and it enables me to achieve this and this in life. And, and what you might do is start to focus on the positive things that come out of your competitiveness because perhaps it means you tend to do better in work or, or better in your profession or, or better in your sport or whatever it is but then you're not looking at the negative things that are coming as a result of that because often you've spotted that character trait because of the negative causations that are coming out of it but in order to kind of mask that and not deal with that you're going to switch your attention to the positives but of course those negative things are there maybe that competitiveness is causing you to be mean or unhelpful to other people um, or maybe it's making it so that people are starting to create distance between themselves and you or something like this. And, and ultimately, in the end, this is going to negatively impact upon your, your life in, in some way. You know, I mean, ultimately, life is always going to humble you. It's always going to, this is kind of the nature of life. <laughs> For the vast majority of, you, of us, eventually, there's going to be some kind of thing that hacks at that trunk of your tree that brings you down to earth that, that almost punishes you in a way for for those kind of negative character traits that you've you've not sort of done something about you've not tackled um, in some way you know it's very few of us that get through life scot-free with these negative character traits now I'm not implying some kind of um, divine godlike justice around this I'm talking more about a kind of esoteric law that kind of governs the way everything functions you know so if you're a very arrogant person or if you're a very um, greedy person or if you're a very stingy person or something like this or uh, whatever, you know, these kind of things that, that we spot within ourselves, what I'm implying is if we then kind of turn them into a strength, like, oh, well, it doesn't matter, so I'm greedy, arrogant, and whatever the third one was. I can't even remember what it was, what my example was, but you get what I mean. Is sometimes people will spot it and then kind of turn that into a, a character trait and make it that strength and, and often that's because they're not strong enough to actually tackle the, the discomfort that sits underneath them and so I get it you know you want to mask yourself from the pain of dealing with that issue so you kind of fabricate it into another part of your personality but ultimately in the end it's going to bite you in the ass that's one of the laws of of the cosmos now funnily enough 
in my experience as well like uh the deeper somebody is onto the path of cultivation onto a, into a spiritual practice if you like or something like that it's almost like you by becoming involved on the path of cultivation you're kind of tempting fate a little bit you know you're just prodding at the kind of the the underbelly of <laughs> destiny or reality or whatever just kind of challenging it with what you're doing that's what it often feels like to me you know so often if you're very involved in the cultivation path in a weird way you're more likely to get bitten in the ass by your kind of negative character traits it's like you invite this kind of cosmic esoteric law into your life and and then it, you have to pay the price for it at some stage well this is just what i've seen and what i've experienced as well from character traits that i've spotted in myself and gone oh i don't like that that's a bit negative isn't it that's been that's generated inside me and but whatever you know it doesn't matter i'll ignore it and then boom there it is it it, it, it kind of comes back at some stage and it comes back to this whole idea doesn't it that I'm not saying I believe in it or not necessarily, but this idea that we're here to learn and this is the only reason we're here and, you know, we're trying to gather this experience in this kind of incarnation that we live within and whether that's true or not, I mean, it, it kind of matches up with that idea a little bit, you know. It's like the universe is going to teach you the wrongdoings of your of your character traits. Now, even on a... Even if we ignore all that, you know, the kind of downfall of your nature and we just go to the kind of spiritual practice say we're assuming i'm assuming now that the people on the cultivation path are looking to understand the nature of self or maybe to encounter these idea of awakening or, or Tao or, or whatever to to get to that stage where they they can sort of merge with pure being okay uh, it doesn't matter different traditions will have different terms for it but of course these kind of stages mean to see through the illusion or the veil of self yeah, and to certainly kind of peel it back, like getting the curtains out of the way to see what's behind it. But the problem is that if you go back to what yourself is made of, primarily the, the way it develops is through those, those reactions, those reactivities um, that I mentioned earlier. So if you have a negative character trait, like a lot of, well, let's go with envy, a very envious person, like I mentioned before, and that character trait is there, then what will happen is if if you don't, kind of maintain an awareness on it you know and now i know it's there i have to keep a kind of conscious awareness all the time of my natural reactions to things because every time that little sort of bare nerve that raw nerve of envy is just touched by some kind of experience on the outside by some kind of interaction with somebody else then it just kind of reinforces that reactive um pattern within me that reactivity is there so if i just take my mind away from it that reaction just gets sort of more and more embedded into me now the the problem with this is even if we ignore the sort of better quality of life you can have if you start to kind of tackle some of these negative character traits it's even going to create a stronger sense of self because every time i react here it comes it's like there's another layer there's another layer there's another sort of magnet that's pulling my awareness drawing me into that sense of self until i over identify with it you know the stronger it is, the harder it is to pull back the curtains. So therefore, it's going to be an actual block on your spiritual practice, upon your cultivation. Now, this is the question, isn't it? You know, and I don't have an answer for this, but say you have, let's stick with that, that, quality, that example, because of course, there's a whole plethora of character traits. But say you have a very envious person and, and that character trait is there. And that envious might be aimed at one person or might be aimed at the world in general and maybe you just don't like other people succeeding. If that's there inside you, you know 
and you're unaware of it. It just becomes pure reactivity. Um, that's just how you're kind of functioning on an unconscious level. Now, obviously, every time you have that experience, it's going to create more of a center, more of a um, for your sort of sense of self to develop around. But the question would be, does it become stronger once you then spot that character trait and then don't do anything about it? Because in my personal experience, it's my experience that actually that is the case. But then the question is, does it only feel like it's getting stronger because now I know that it exists? I don't have an answer to that. I've got no idea. It's one of those those sort of quizzes, those difficulties, those questions we ask. But if if I look into myself, for example, there's a, there was if I think like there's a trait that I've spotted and I'm like, oh, don't like that. That thing triggers me. That thing touches that nerve. That thing causes me to act in a negative or disparaging manner to cause me to defend myself. And now I know of it. If I don't do anything about it and I don't kind of check my behavior, my experience is actually it starts to grow more and more. It's kind of like the awareness because it's on it, it's now starting to feed it, it's starting to kind of water the seed until it starts to grow, till it becomes a bigger part of who I am. So there you have a kind of double-edged sword, right? Because you need the awareness on it in order to sort of check that behavior and do something about it. But then once the awareness is on it, of course, it's also gonna kind of exemplify. It makes it a, it makes it a tricky thing, the path of cultivation, you know, because you need clarity and brutal insight into who you are but then you also need a desire to kind of tackle that issue and think, well, that's not something I want, you know, that's not something I, re I really want in my character. Now, it might sound odd that I'm talking about this, but I've met cultivators, let's say, who do recognize their negative traits, but they just kind of accept them. And I don't mean accept them in a non-judgmental, because it's always healthy to spot something negative and go, okay, well, that's that's what that is and, and don't give yourself a hard time over you've got that level of acceptance but I mean often they seem to kind of accept it in like a yeah that's me almost like there's like a pride around it or something like I've identified this kind of negative character trait this competitiveness this meanness this kind of selfishness or maybe this kind of um, you know just desire to put myself first or use others and then they'll, they'll identify it and then they'll exemplify it and then they almost become proud of it like they wear it like a badge and I've seen that quite a lot you know I've seen that quite often and it, it definitely within the kind of alternative scene there's almost this idea that maybe where does it come from does it come from there being no right or wrong does it kind come from this idea of stepping into your power so it's okay to walk on other people does it come from this idea that you know everything about you is kind of beautiful or special I don't know I've got no idea but it sometimes caught me unawares and I, I found it quite uh, sort of jarring when I've had conversations with people because I guess I have this kind of maybe overly romantic or old-fashioned view that within the cultivation arts even if you ignore connection with <laughs> sort of nirvana or something or, or you ignore the the health aspects of it of sort of flushing out the body and, and getting rid of your toxins. You know, you've got these two different extremes. But even without all that, I just kind of assumed everybody was about trying to better themselves to try to make themselves or, or direct themselves, steer themselves toward a better way of being so that there was kind of humility and kindness and caring and a sense of ability to have a sense of having a sense of responsibility and personal strength and accountability for your actions and a kind of moral compass. Like to me, this was how I was brought up to believe that the kind of cultivation path was, or a large part of it, like there is a self, and of course we want to recognize it for what it is, but 
if the self is going to always be there, then we want to kind of correct it as best we can or steer it in a direction so that it's more positive, more beneficial to the world around us, more beneficial to ourselves. But I found it, like I say, quite jarring when I've had some conversations lately where what I would consider cultivators will just throw a negative trait in your face. Like, oh yeah, I'm incredibly selfish. But it's sort of, <laughs> all right, it's jumped out at me and, and the conversation has kind of developed into, okay, well, well, okay, what are you going to do about that? Or, well, I don't want to do about it. That's just how I am. You know, if people don't accept me for what I am, then that's their problem. That kind of idea jumps up. And while there's a kind of strange truth in that, that, yeah, we should try and accept each other for our flaws and our beauties. I mean, really, the kind of higher meaning of love, many maybe in the way we interact with others, is to um, accept the negative within someone because it's easy to love the positive in someone and the higher in someone but can we also love the negative but even if everybody can love us and accept us for this negative character trait it's still our duty to try to tackle that negative character trait so we don't become <laughs> a blight upon their existence upon the existence of the people within our community now ultimately if you're also looking at the kind of esoteric idea of transmigration then those negative character traits are going to be the things that anchor us down into transmigration, into the next incarnation, because once there is a, a seed of causation that's based in, based in habitual patterning, the idea is that this is what generates the, the seed for the next existence. But then even ignoring reincarnation, you know, because, you know, people have problems with reincarnation, and I get it, like, you know, it, if it's not within your belief system, it's not within your belief system, but... At the same time, think of it this way, you know, like if you have these negative character traits that are causing you to reincarnate life after life and you don't like that idea, how about the idea of your negative character traits causing yourself to reincarnate, if you want, metaphorically, moment to moment to moment, because that's what's happening. So maybe I've spotted this jealousy within me, this kind of envy I have, and this is causing this kind of habitual pattern in me, this reactive pattern of, of who I am, and then because I don't tackle this, of course, that's going to then knock on to the next reaction I have and the next reaction I have and the next reaction I have till gradually what happens, well, not even gradually, just increasingly, it's like that sense of self, that negative aspect to myself is being propagated over and over and over again on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, on a minutely basis, if you're really troubled by a particular character trait, maybe on a second-to-second -second basis, who knows, you know, but but this might be another way to look at it, like reincarnating from second to second, carrying that seed through of, of your kind of personality traits. Now, the problem is that the habitual things, the things that you're unaware of, those unconscious patterns within you, those personality traits that are negative, which we all have, are also the things that are going to start influencing the events that happen around you because they're going to start to influence the way that you experience things. They're also going to influence the way other people interact with you, of course, aren't they? And it, people can only take so much, you know, before they start to kind of reflect that negative trait back at you. So after a while, you find actually the world becomes a bit less friendly and everything becomes a bit more frosty and, and dealing with people is difficult and interactions become harder and then the life becomes more, more tricky because of the reactive pattern that you're projecting out. And then, of course, this starts to actually affect the events in our life to a certain extent as well. So in this way, we're creating our kind of karma, the karma of our interactions with people and our interactions with the world. Ultimately, the only thing you ever really experience is your reaction to something. That's it. That's all you ever really experience because everything is experienced purely within your body. 
uh, and, and these reactions are being generated by you and all of the different character traits that you have are responsible for the nature of that reactivity, for the nature of those reactions, you know. So really, I mean, I'm just talking to you post-practice, really. I've just been sat here uh, in practice on this very comfy couch, actually. It's become a bit too comfortable. I think I need to uh, go old school and go find some, <laughs> some hard wooden boards to meditate on because I've become too attached to this, this kind of level of comfort. It's not good for me. But I'm just talking to you after my practice and uh, just kind of exploring this concept. There's no major direction or, or focus or kind of conclusion to this thought stream. It's just something to kind of be aware of or something that, that I think is very apparent within these cultivation arts that we have to develop, or you naturally will, don't have to, you will develop an insight into the nature of who you are. But I think that it's kind of the personal responsibility of the cultivator, of the person on the path to then try to tackle those because you want to make yourself the best person you possibly can or and if you don't want to make yourself the pers best person you possibly can then well that's it, that's just an alien concept to me I don't even understand that concept, I don't understand why someone wouldn't want to be the best version that they can and I'm sure someone might have a sort of deep existential spiritual kind of response to that or reason why maybe because there is no self so who cares or something like that but that's the usual answer people give isn't it but I guess it's just not within my makeup because I understand that human beings are a kind of communal creature and not many of us live in isolation not all the time and I doubt very much anyone's watching YouTube in isolation <laughs> all the time like no recluses sat in Dharamasala watching YouTube although actually when I was in Dharamasala maybe I disagree with that statement but you know like we are going to interact, interact with people and, and one of the most important things in my mind is that we become a, a beneficial and positive experience in the life of those people around us. And there's a challenge there, you know. The next part's going to sound like I'm moaning, but I'm not moaning, I'm really not because I'm okay with it. But something I've found within my life is that obviously as a person I will sometimes rub people up the wrong way, of course. I know there's many people that aren't too keen on me that have interacted with me in various ways because you can't keep anybody, you can't keep everybody happy and, and sometimes you'll you sort of bump heads with people, you know, and I know online um, people can get quite annoyed with anyone for, for the slightest thing anyway. So, you know, you're always going to rub people out the wrong way but generally I would say, I like to think anyway that for the majority of people within my personal community, my personal world, my personal sphere of interaction, I like to think that I'm a positive influence maybe even only slightly, do you know what I mean? I'm not saying on a major scale, but even just a, a touch of positivity. I like to think that I'm there to help people if they need it or um, that maybe I can provide some assistance with their practice if I'm teaching them or something like that, or at least um, just to have a pleasant time with them if I'm just conversing with them or spending time with them, you know? So all of the time, like this kind of interaction with people, the interactions I'm having, whether they be positive or, or maybe I rub someone up the wrong way and annoy them. I like to use these as kind of ways of reflection, like, okay, what was that about? Why did I annoy them? Or, or is there anything better I can do to myself to be more beneficial? And I don't mean to turn myself into a doormat, but just to constantly seeking to contemplate and adjust those kind of habitual patterns until I can make myself into the best person I possibly can. Now, the funniest thing is the best thing the better person you can make yourself, the sort of more you cultivate that kind of character trait, you sort of take the edges off those negativities and take away those reactivities within yourself. 
the easier it is to then see through the veil of self because definitely the more positive and beneficial mindset you can generate the more altruistic character the closer you can move towards towards that state i think the easier it is to kind of see beyond that veil it's like the self has to be at a certain degree of strength and independence um, and positivity in order to sort of peel back that veil with that kind of negative if you're very much full of anger and resentment and jealousy and arrogance and laziness and i don't know what else you know all these kind of perversions maybe or or you want to take advantage of people or, or something like that then whilst all of that kind of stuff is within you it becomes hard to see beyond the sense of self more than like a fleeting glimpse because all of those things kind of create this clinging this kind of negative habitual kind of anchor that roots you down into that place and and i think the spiritual arts kind of recognize that the spiritual teachers because that was part of the reason they were always sort of purporting the importance you know telling you how important it is to be a beneficial and a positive and a kind and an ethical and a moral and a loving person because yeah okay that makes the world a better place so on the larger scale that's great but i think even on a personal level they understood that the more you move towards that state the more content you became because ultimately if you do have these negative traits no matter how much you try to kind of turn them into a strength they still niggle you and you know they're there and they, they annoy you unless you're completely sociopathic they develop some kind of discomfort within yourself and that generates a kind of clinging that anchors that sense of self in the way so you can't get past it you can't perceive the deeper awareness or being that sits behind it so it's definitely easier to do um, even on just a pragmatic level if you can kind of get rid of some of those things but what i was saying anyway that, that was going to sound a bit like a moan is the more kind of you move towards this state of kind of i don't know what the word is of just kind of improving self-improvement if you like you get kind of a couple of couple of kind of types of people that come into your your life um that are a bit negative and and sometimes you get people that are just very much detractors and it's just they just kind of try to knock you down a little bit because i guess because they have their own kind of guilt or kind of resentment within themselves or something so you get this kind of thing it's like the more you start to feel like you're moving in that state sometimes you can annoy people but at the same time, it's important to not automatically kind of shrug all them off, you know, because, for example, I mean, the word is haters, isn't it? Which I, don't, I can't even use the word haters because I'm a 40 year old man. When 40 year old men use the word haters, it sounds really bizarre. I think haters, haters, haters sounds like a kind of sort of something a 15 year old <laughs> would say. It's just a really bizarre word. I, I just feel too old to do it. I was saying the word haters to me is the equivalent of how stupid would I look with a baseball cap on sideways you know what I mean it's just it's just out of date and I'm it's not within my kind of age range or my era but you get what I mean those kind of people that have been labeled that um, and I think it's easy for us always to say detractors are just haters but you can't do that because if I get uh, I don't know five pieces of criticism online I think that often three of them are just pointless resentment actually I think about a three out of five average are just people have a lot of pain and discomfort and sadness around life so they just feel better at lashing out at you and making you feel bad and i think they want to make you feel bad so that you can kind of feel how they feel on the inside it's almost like a cry for help it's like i'm in so much pain i want you to feel pain because then when you understand my pain then you can empathize with me that's the conclusion i come to anyway maybe i'm giving people too much credit maybe they're just jerks but you do get that but then alongside those three, you'll also get one person out of five on average that I think 
has a kind of wrong view of you. Maybe that view has been given to them by someone else or maybe that it's generally that like a rumor they've heard about is not true or sometimes they've mixed you up with someone else or, or whatever you know and that's unfortunate that's just a misunderstanding but then that one person out of five that has a criticism for you that often people will be too quick to kind of disregard as a hater sometimes that criticism is valid you know and and that there's a lesson in that and you can kind of look at it and sometimes they don't tell you in the best way <laughs> it's like you didn't have to be so rude but the thing you pointed out yeah, all right, it's kind of accurate. And that happens quite often. So you kind of have to go back and, and look at yourself. So, so you don't ever want to just disregard your critics. Definitely not. So you get some of those. But then the second type of person you get in your life is kind of those, those people that will kind of use you and become a leech to you. And, and I've definitely attracted a lot of those in my life, like one after another after another. It almost feels like in my life I always have one or two of those kind of characters. And I have to be strong and kind of push that person out of my life because I will always do my best to help people and give and care for as much as I can. I want everyone around me to have a positive experience, but there's kind of a stage when some people just kind of take advantage of it and kind of their negative trait is just to become a kind of leech off you. And it doesn't matter how much you try to sort of bolster that person up after a while, they just become a negative influence upon you and ultimately then a negative influence upon themselves as well because they're just feeding off you, they become a dependent. Um, and I think that that's important to recognise that those people sometimes you need to distance yourselves from. Maybe not completely, not cut off, you just distance themselves from them a little bit because they need to learn to stand on their own two feet. And also you can't allow your own energy to just be given, given, given all of the time with no sort of reciprocal kind of energy exchange. Um, and I think that happens a lot. So it's, and I, t I see it happen to others as well, you know. So the more you kind of move towards this kind of place of kind of feeling good in yourself and content with yourself and feeling like you're a beneficial uh, or you're having a beneficial influence upon the community around you, you're going to start to draw those kind of people. So you have to be strong. It's kind of like when you have, and I'm terrible at that. I'm really, really awful because no matter if someone's taking, taking, taking from me, I still feel like I want to sort of give as best I can. I don't want to upset anybody. So it's, um, yeah, it's a difficult thing for me. That kind of, that is probably the hardest boundary I have to kind of overcome. It's tricky, you know, but that's one of my negative things I have to get over. So it's like, the reason I'm talking about that is because it, it's kind of funny that life will give you hurdles you know like challenges it's like when you were very negative and very angry you were probably drawing a lot of very angry people into your life because that's like attracts like in a certain way and you get this kind of uh, kind of frustration and and when you're a very bitter person often you get other bitter people in your life because positive people can't handle you so that, that's all you can get so you you got that kind of thing and then you start to change inside and you think oh i let go of that and i don't want to react that way and i don't want to act that way and okay i've spotted that character trait in me i'll get rid of that jealousy i'll get rid of that resentment and da -da. And then, of course, a lot of those people will fall away a little bit because they'll find your positivity quite annoying. They can't take it anymore because they need more bitter people to, to reflect off. So your kind of friendship group will naturally kind of fall away and kind of change. And that's part of the cultivation path. You should see this almost fluidity in the people that are around you within your life. You can't attach to them because it will keep changing. As you change, you're reflecting different qualities and drawing different people towards you. And then the, the more you move towards a state where you're feeling comfortable in yourself and, and able to kind of give out 
in a kind of strong and supportive way the people around you you get those two kind of people because you you'll get those people that are annoyed at you for moving away from what you were but then you also get those people that kind of feed off of you and it's like another kind of challenge there because after a while you get quite bitter about those people and then you realize well actually it's your fault i'm bit my fault i'm bitter about this person that i'm supporting that's become a kind of parasite but that bitterness it shouldn't really be directed to them it's my fault because i should have had stronger boundaries and said no this isn't right like i'm here to support you but i don't want to become your kind of sustenance your energetic food source and it's these kind of balances and challenges that you go through that are really interesting and i think that this is for me for me personally like attaining union with Tao, not that fast like to be perfectly honest it's not something that really appeals i not for any reason i think it's negative but it's just not what my interest is you can't help what you're interested in but for me what is most interesting right now has been for a long time as well as the kind of mechanics of the practice of the system can i open the channels can i build the energetics can i master these arts that i'm so uh, enthralled with these things i find so beautiful the tai chi the bagua the, the negong the alchemy so beautiful things can i master these but then at the same time there's also that kind of self-cultivation aspect to it can i be the strongest kindest most compassionate person i can possibly be who's at ease with myself that can just sit on my own with no one around me and just be comfortable with myself and not left with this inner turmoil of all these kind of negative character traits i feel i should do away with and and, and this is what i this is kind of what i focus my practice on it's almost like the spiritual side of it that the kind of union with Tao is or nirvana or awakening is, is kind of a byproduct like if that happens as a byproduct of these other two things then great but i'm not massively going to strive for that thing because that's just not where my emphasis is right now that might change in the future but right now that's not it it's not where i am <laughs> so another rambling post meditation talk that maybe doesn't make sense or isn't useful to some of you i'm sure maybe some is too obvious but to me, you know, I just want to highlight that, that idea that you're going to come across realizations about yourself and then don't skip step two, which is do something about it. You know, like realizing something about yourself and then not doing something about it. To me, that's what actually can make you into a bit of a bad person. Like if you don't realize that character trait about yourself, if you don't realize you have that quality, well, it's difficult to judge. But once you do know it's there... Like, oh, wow, whoa, there's a really bad nature side of me and I don't then start to try to do something about it. Well, that's a problematic. That, that shows a kind of negativity in itself, I think. I think that we should accept our qualities, but we should all do, do something about them. We should try to make ourselves as positive we can for, for those around us. That's our personal responsibility to ourselves. I think that's also our personal responsibility to people in our lives because I never want to be a burden or a source of pain to the people in my life and i think it's also maybe on a grander scale a kind of personal relationship or personal responsibility sorry to the rest of the world because if we as cultivators aren't doing our best to be as good as we possibly can and and as beneficial to the world as we can then <laughs> then i think we're in error <laughs>